Welcome to the Morning News Podcast for Friday, March 20th. We begin with a conversation with Mayor Nahed Nenshi. We get the mayor's views on how the city is handling the COVID-19 pandemic and his advice on what we as citizens can do to help our neighbours during this time of uncertainty. Next, we catch up with our friends at Parenting Power with suggestions on how to keep things civil between the siblings with school out. Parenting expert Gail Bell with some timely tips. Imagine being in your final year of high school only to be told to stay home for the rest of the school year. We talked to a grade 12 student about his experience with classes coming to an unexpected halt. Then we head south to talk with Jackson Proskow, Global's Washington Bureau Chief, as the impact of COVID-19 continues to grip the U.S., including the recent announcement by the Governor of California issuing a statewide order to stay home. And finally, the Calgary Zoo may be closed, but that doesn't mean employees aren't working. We find out what's happening behind the scenes at the zoo. 8-12 on the morning news. He made his mark as mayor, steering Calgary through the 2013 floods. Now he's the face of Calgary's response to COVID-19. We're joined by Calgary Mayor Nahed Nenshi. And Mr. Mayor, good morning to you. Good morning. Um, how Happy are you? spring. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> hey, listen, it's good to have some levity here, right? For sure. Are you personally, uh, you know, uh, uh, you're going through what we're all going through. So how are you personally coping with this so far? Well, you know, I'm doing fine. Uh, the great thing about... This response, and you've heard me say it many, many times, is that we're so lucky that as everyone in the world is going through this at the same time, that we get to live here, that we get to live in a place where government works well, where we know what we're doing, where we have a robust public health care system. Every time I hear Dr. Hinshaw speak, I kind of exhale a little bit. She's the voice of reason, isn't she? (laughs) She's got this, right? Um, And so... That makes me feel great. You know, I just want to give a shout out today, not just to the public servants who are continuing to deliver essential services every day, but today I want to give a shout out to the people who are going to work at the grocery stores uh, and at the pharmacies. You know, they probably didn't think that they were essential public servants uh, when they started that job, but they are, and they're doing extraordinary work. Uh, And I just want to remind everyone, be kind to those folks um, who are continuing We've still got kids at home, schools are closed, but they're continuing to go to work to make sure we have the supplies we need. Here, here. Excellent. You know, very good point. How, how do you think, personally, that this compares and what you're doing and having to work with and how, how you compare it to handling the flood emergency back in 2013? Yesterday, I was standing uh, in that press conference in the Emergency Operations Centre thinking, all right, a younger, thinner, more hair version of me uh, seven years ago was standing in this exact same <laughs> spot. Um, Having this kind of, this is completely different. Uh, it's completely different because, of course, it impacts every single one of us. Um, the, the flood impacted every one of us emotionally, but not every one of us in terms of our house or our work. Uh, this impacts every single one of us, and it's going to go on for a long time. And so we have to adjust to this new reality for a good long period of time. And, and that's really a mental shift, I think, that all of us have to make. Got a question for you. We had uh, one uh, from our text uh, line here, Mayor, and that is about two uh, gymnasium, like, uh, you know, the private gyms, yeah, being uh, uh, still open in the north, refusing to shut down, according to this texter. And again, we don't we do not have confirmation at this point. But is that something that the city might have to step in at when you look at these uh, facilities that can hold more than 50 people that has been, uh, you know, listed as the guideline? So I have been really, really trying hard not to unleash my nails on people mm-hmm. um, because most people have been very compliant and ultimately they need to be compliant. Uh, let me repeat uh, what the order is. So certain types of businesses are closed. 
bars, nightclubs, gyms are closed by public health order. Mm -hmm. Uh, Other kinds of businesses like restaurants and so on may remain open as long as they follow the rule that you can only have 50% of your capacity or 50 people, the 50-50 rule. Mm -hmm. So if you're a Bigger re- and if you're a bigger restaurant and you want to just serve 50 people in-house and do takeout, that's totally fine. Um, but people have to follow the orders, right? Do not make me enforce uh, on these orders. People have to follow the orders. They are not guidelines or regulations. So, you know, those businesses that are complying outside of the orders and, and the the ones your texter is talking about, uh, shall we say they full well know that they are in violation of the order, and that is not right. Well, thank you for clarifying that for sure. Now, you also announced uh, that people could defer utility bills if needed. So are there other tools the city might be doing to help soften the economic blow of this COVID-19 pandemic we're experiencing? Yes, we're working hard on both um, kind of emergency things we can do for people to make sure that they are not feeling financial stress right now, as well as uh, laying the groundwork for a fast recovery uh, once we get out of this. You know, Calgary, I hate to say it, but we're going to probably be hit harder than anywhere else in Canada because we've got the triple whammy. We've got the public health crisis of the COVID-19. We've got the global recession brought on by this. And we have the ridiculous oil price war going on right now at the same time. So we need to work on kind of all three of these things simultaneously. So just so people know, and I know there's still so much information floating around, sometimes it's hard to keep track, calgary.ca slash COVID can help. But the federal government has announced a large number of extraordinary measures uh, to help individuals who are losing hours, who are losing their jobs, who are forced to stay home to self-isolate or who are forced to stay home to be with their kids because the schools are closed. Um, And if you're in that situation, you should contact Service Canada right away uh, in terms of getting that kind of financial assistance. Don't be shy, don't be proud, just just do it. Uh, The province of Alberta has also announced some measures, um, including a one-time payment that could make a big difference for people. They have also announced that uh, if you are in a position where paying your electricity bill uh, or your gas bill will be a hardship for you. You can defer those payments uh, for up to three months without penalty or interest. And we've announced the same on the city utilities, uh, the water, the wastewater, the drainage, uh, the waste recycling compost. Uh, you can pay all a portion or none of your April, May, and June bills without penalty, without interest. And the amounts owing will be rolled into the remaining six bills of the year. I do want people to be careful about that. Uh, you don't want to end up with a really big bill in December mm-hmm. uh, that you, you know, will then be uh, have some trouble paying. So, you know, budget accordingly, but we're trying to give people that flexibility as well. Well, thanks for joining us this morning, and thank you for being a calm thanks. voice during this difficult time. We always appreciate chatting with you. Thank you. I just want to remind people, listen, this one is in your hands, right? When I talk about clean hands, clear heads, open hearts, mm-hmm. Those are things we need to do. Don't act like you're trying to prevent getting the virus. Act like you already have it. You're trying to prevent spreading it. And everyone you meet is your 90-year-old grandmother. You know, previous generations have been asking sacrifices for the country. Now it's our turn to be asked. And I'm just telling people, stay home, be kind, and you'll save lives. Thank you so much. Appreciate you joining us. Thank you. That's Mayor of Calgary, Nahed Nenshi.
A handful of days into no school and with self-isolation quite common in the city, it's different worlds for families with school-age children. So while family time is great, yeah, it may be difficult (laughs) to keep the peace sometimes between your kids during this time. And with tips on how to help us keep things civil in our own house, we're joined by parenting expert Gail Bell of Parenting Power. Hi, Gail. Hello. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for joining us because I think at this point, even just, you know, a few days in, we need your help. We need your expertise. This is no summer break. This is, you know, the kids who kind of been thrown into it without a a lot of warning, obviously. And it's different, right? So I think they're still a little bit stressed and adults are a little bit stressed. So what do we do? How do we keep the peace? Right. So there's lots of things that are actually, you know, underlying or the foundation to keep the peace. And I, uh, I can't not say the first thing would be for the parents to manage their own stress and anxiety. And I know that's not necessarily an easy thing to ask for, but we still are the adults in the home. So we need to start there. So we need to keep our home as calm and we need to remain as confident as we can. And that's kind of the, the first step. Um, you know, and then there's lots of other things we can do just to um, keep it calm, like, you know, talking to your kids, not filling them with um, too much information just once a day if you need to, or at least once a week at your family meeting. Say, is there anything you guys are want to talk about? What are you guys hearing? Here's what we know. Be truthful. If you don't know the answer, say, I don't know. All that provides a sense of control for your children kids feel calm when there is more um you know routines and expectations in the home so that's the other thing this is our new normal none of us experience this so the best thing one of the best things you can do to keep them quote bugging you bugging each other bugging themselves is to create a family plan and we've got um, a challenge up on our website to help you do that take small steps but the most important thing you can do as we've said always is parent with a plan that doesn't change so get a schedule going with your kids with the little ones make sure it's posted Um, you know lots of parents are working from home we need parents to know you can't fake it. You can't be half looking at your screen and half being with your kids. So be kind to yourself as well. You know, schedule work time. You know, it might be a shorter work time. Let your kids know, set them up for success. And then when it's kid time, you are 100% kid time because you are filling them, so to speak. And then they will be able, again, to go off on their own. Teenagers, you know that 12 to 18 is a little bit different. We can't hand them a schedule and expect them to say, okay, now we'll want to do that. But we do need to get them off their phones. We have no idea the the negativity of that constant stream of information, what their friends are telling them. So it's not that they can't have their screens. It's when they can have them. We do need to get them out of their bedrooms and outside. So we need to make the plan with them. We need to say, you know, going going outside or getting some physical activity isn't a choice, but it, you can do it when you want to do it. And then you just check in to see how it's going. So we're not... We're not bossing them. We're working with them. I followed Parenting Power forever, and, and the schedule you're talking about, the kids want. The kids want schedules, don't they? They sure do. It just that's why schools. I mean, they walk in, they know exactly what to do. And we think of when we think of schedules, we we often think of like preschools. They hang up their coat and then they sit on the carpet and they do calendar work. But we forget our teenagers have schedules too. They get up, they have to be at school at a certain time, the classes last this long, then they have their extracurricular activities, you know. So it's it's all like that. You're so right, Andy. We all like 
schedules. And that is honestly one of the few things we can control right mm-hmm. now. We are in control of that. Gail, I want to go back a little bit. You said you mentioned a family meeting. Do you think that that's kind of important too to set up on a regular basis? Should it be daily that you could just kind of all get together even for a quick minute to check in? You know, that's that's an excellent question, and that will work for most families. If families haven't done it, it might be a little bit too much, especially if you have teenagers. Oh, great, we got to talk again. <laughs> um, so just say, you know, maybe start small. Also, people are saying, oh, well, the kids are at home. They can help with chores and things now. If they've never done chores, to expect them now to be doing everything is, is a little unfair. You're going to get pushback. So start small and ask, you know, I could really use some help with the laundry or, you know, um, meal prep. Which one would you like to do for a week or today? So, yeah, it's and it's just about us. As hard as it might be for us when we have so many families have so many other things on their mind, like how am I going to pay the mortgage? Mm-hmm. Um it's hard, but we need to be kind to each other. We need to be family first. Oh, my gosh. Can I say a few more things? Please turn your TV off. Do not have that streaming in the home all day. Yeah, it's because it, it, for you. it stresses and everybody out, doesn't it? Oh, it really does. Um, so, you know, check into the news. We all need to know mm-hmm. what's going on. Um, but when are we doing it? There's another thing we control. The other thing we really need to emphasize for families, and we're hearing it already. I was talking to a client yesterday, and she's like, yeah, but we're letting them go to bed at 10, 1030 because they can sleep in. And her kids are little, and I'm like, I really want you to encourage you to get back to those regular mm-hmm. bedtimes. Because sleep is now going to be hugely mm-hmm. important for us. If they sleep a little longer on the other end, awesome. But don't think going to bed, you know, at 10 when their normal bedtime's 8 is a good thing. Well, again, you mentioned resources available on your website. What's that website, Gail? Parentingpower.ca. And we're here to answer email questions. If you're really panicking, we'll help you. We'll help you give you that language and that plan for families. Well, thank you so much. I think a lot of people could use that right now. Thanks, Gail. Thanks so much for having me, guys. That's Gail Bell, parenting expert from Parenting Power. Great reminders, great Mm -hmm. ideas. Got another text from a listener with an excellent idea. One idea to do with your kids is to get them to show you what you don't know about your phone. Yeah, we talked about uh, showing the kids different household things that they might not know, cooking or technical things. But yeah, how about the other way? Because they are wizards. They are. They are so smart. And I'm sure that's not the only thing they could teach us. So maybe it's a reciprocal thing. We teach them some life skills and they teach us some things about how we can be a heck of a lot smarter. Oh man, I don't even know. I, I, I don't even know how to make a phone call on my phone. I can check my email. <laughs> so imagine being in your final year of high school only to be told that you've now got to stay home for the rest of the school year thanks to COVID-19. So joining us this morning, grade 12 student Nicholas Forche. Hi Nico. Hi, Thanks. how are you? Excellent. Thank you for joining us because I know it's got to have been hard for you to, you know, you went left school on a Friday and then Sunday find out you're never going back and you're supposed to be graduating. So what was that like? How did you feel? That was a surprise to be sure mm-hmm. because, you know, I was, it was a regular Friday and I was, I had a bunch of tests that week too. So I was all studying and then Sunday, you know, you hear the radio, the, the, not the radio, why I listened to it on the radio. It was like, oh, schools are closed and I was like, Oh, okay. It was like a shock. You mentioned, uh, Nico, you have some exams coming up, and we're still hearing details, so I'm wondering if you've heard anything at your school as far as those uh, ever-important diploma exams, and are you going to have the opportunity, or or have you heard anything yet uh, as to whether or not you're going to get the chance to do those exams? 
Not at all. My English teacher had told us that, you know what, they're, they're still on for the now. They haven't said anything, so just keep going as if they were still a thing. But it's kind of hard when you're at home, you know, no, no teachers to help. Did they have they given you like work to kind of keep you going until that exam period, or are you just sort of on your own wondering what the heck's happening right now? Um, not really. We have a we have we were reading a book in English, and he, our English teacher said finish the book, and that's really the only teacher that told us to do stuff. Wow. So yeah, kind of up in the air at this point. Yeah. I'm wondering, uh, as far as being up in the air, were you uh, within your grade twelve class already? I know it's only March. Talking about grad and grad plans. Oh, yeah, we, we had started fundraising and everything. We had everything planned out. Wow. And, and so we have to figure that out because that's not a thing anymore, probably. Have, have you heard anything? Obviously, I'm assuming not. If you've not heard about, you know, how to finish your schooling and exams, they probably haven't talked about grad. But, you know, we know during the floods, they did do a graduation ceremony afterwards. I guess you and your pals are probably hoping that might be what happens. Uh, hopefully, because a lot of people have dedicated so much time and money to this. But it would be a real shame if nothing happened out of it. Okay, let's talk about the, the, the brass tacks of it. And that's, uh, you know, your friends. Are you having a tough time knowing that you, you really didn't get to say goodbye? Have you caught up with a lot of them on the phones and uh, on the phone? They don't and text? use a phone, Andrew. Yeah, well, on, on your device. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, we have a, we made a, over the summer, we had made a, a group chat with everyone in it. So we're okay. always still connected. That's always a good thing. And I know you're a brainiac, so are you actually doing extra work at home or trying to keep up with your schooling in, in anticipation of exams and, and what's going to come afterwards? For the first couple of days, I did. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then I realized that this is probably going to last more than a couple of weeks. So no need I to rush of, into it, right? Exactly. Yeah. And, and as far as, uh, you know, with my kids, my kids aren't in high school yet. They're in junior high. Uh, they get bored a couple of hours after, uh, you know, the start of summer. Uh, the summer uh, season basically started Sunday night. Have you said uh, to your uh, parents yet that you're bored at once? Oh, yes. I was, <laughs> bo- I was bored two hours after I was done writing my essay. <laughs> <laughs> the good news is you've got a whole lot of siblings, so I'm oh. sure they're keeping you busy. But, you know, mm. what, what, were, what are your plans for once you were supposed to go through your graduation ceremony? What was your plan for next year? You're going on to secondary school, right? Mm-hmm. I was going to go to university for astrophysics. I hadn't chosen which one yet, but that was the plan. But so, put, that's put on hold for now. Yeah. So how does that work when it comes to post-secondary for students? And what do you, what do you, like, what are you supposed to do? I have no clue because um, the radio, the Minister of Education said that we are still graduating this year. Mm-hmm. That's what the last thing I remember her saying. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how that's going to work or yeah. if we're still going to have to do like summer school thing. It's it's kind yeah. of sad, isn't it? Everything's up in the air, and I guess it's it's difficult for you guys. You had what you thought was everything kind of planned out, heading towards the end of the year, and now just it's all it's all confusion at this point, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Just it could be anything at this point. No, no one knows. Well, we do know, and we've been told, as you said, that you will graduate. All grade twelve students will graduate. So hopefully, everything works out fine. Thanks for talking to us, Nico. Appreciate it. No problem. And uh, get back to work and go write an essay or something. Okay. <laughs> That's grade 12 student Nicholas Fortier.
7.09 on your Friday morning. President Donald Trump has faced a lot of criticism for an apparent delayed response to the COVID-19 pandemic. However, he now says the U.S. was fully prepared and the media was just being unfair. With more on the U.S. response to COVID-19, we're joined this morning by Global's Washington Bureau Chief Jackson Proskow. Hi, Jackson. Good morning. Thanks for joining us as you do every Friday. I know you've been obviously following this story from the onset. So uh, how do you feel about you, what you've seen how, about the U.S. response to this pandemic? You know, what I think is remarkable is sort of the change in tone from the White House. It was just three or four weeks ago that they were downplaying this as no big deal. Uh, President Trump himself said uh, at the time, you know, we've got 15 cases, soon we'll have none, that this would all just go away on its own. Uh, It is remarkable that the U.S., with all of its power, all of its money, all of its knowledge and expertise, has not been able to take advantage of the time that they had to prepare for this while the rest of the world suffered through this. And now the U.S. finds itself on the same trajectory as places like Italy. It's really a a grim situation. Highlighted last evening when the California, well, the governor of California issued a statewide order to stay at home and uh, 40 million people in that state. That has to be a bit of a wake up call for those folks in the U.S. and not taking it seriously. Absolutely. And the the fear from Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, is that half the state could become infected, uh, potentially 25 million cases in that state, which would simply overwhelm the hospitals based on the percentage of people who require hospitalization. That's the big worry here. So uh, I think you're going to see similar measures unfold in other states as well. Uh, New York has said they won't go to the state of lockdowns, but uh, New York State is quickly emerging as sort of an epicenter for all this. New York City alone had 3,600 confirmed cases as of yesterday. Uh, and statewide, they are certainly urging people to stay home and shutting down non-essential businesses. This morning, the mayor of New York City saying the city will run out of medical supplies in two to three weeks as well, from what I understand. Yeah, and I think that's the same situation in places uh, right across uh, the U.S., that there's a shortage of medical supplies. In fact, the Centers for Disease Control yesterday uh, essentially published updated guidelines for how medical supplies uh, should be used. And they're essentially telling doctors and nurses, uh, you know, you may have to reuse your masks. And if you run out of your masks, they published guidelines for how to make your own with everyday supplies, saying that in a worst-case scenario, a bandana or a scarf is acceptable. Wow, that's pretty scary. Uh, what about so on that note, you know, naval hospital ships being put into service and, and cruise ships now offering themselves up if, if they need a place for quarantine people. That's right. Uh, you know, this is sort of an example, though, of the poor or contradictory messaging coming out of the White House. The president uh, named a naval ship that he said would be sailing to New York Harbor. Uh, it's actually in Norfolk, Virginia, undergoing repair and won't be ready until sometime in April. This is not happening anytime soon. Uh, and then he spoke about the cruise ships and he said, yeah, he'd spoken to his friend who runs Carnival Cruises and that that could be a potential option here. Uh, I think everything's on the table at this point, And I wouldn't be surprised if hotels get drafted into this as well. The economic impact hitting us here in Canada, we're hearing thousands of layoffs, temporary layoffs in Air Canada. And, and down south, the airline industry asking for billions of dollars as kind of a bailout already, and uh, we're just beginning. Yeah, we really are just at the beginning of this, but you're right. I mean, major American airlines are grounding, you know, 60, 75% of their fleets, parking thousands of aircraft, laying off staff. Uh, It's the same for hotels. It's the same for so many sectors that are looking for a bailout. Uh, I will point out that there's a bit of uh, hesitancy among the American public to necessarily bail out the airlines because they've had years of record profits. (coughs) Excuse me. 
years of record profits, which they've invested in buying back their own stocks. Have a little cough there. Uh, we know what that's like when you're having to be on air and oh, you've yes. got a cough and yeah, a tickle a in the throat. <laughs> um, you know, what about the people seem to also be a little uh, unwilling to, to kind of back off on their everyday things. Is that just a, an American thing about losing your freedom? Because we're, we're certainly seeing the spring breakers on the beaches in Florida. Is that sort of a, something that you're seeing right across the U.S.? You know, I think it actually speaks to sort of the state-by-state response. I can tell you Washington is a ghost town, and this is peak tourism season. Not to brag about the weather, but this is the Cherry Blossom Festival this weekend. They're in full bloom right now. The weather is beautiful, uh, and yet people are on their own staying away, and then the city has taken measures like shutting down subway stations near the sort of peak Cherry Blossom areas to keep people away. But in Florida, we didn't see that, and the Republican governor faced a whole lot of criticism for uh, not shutting down the beaches. Uh, He eventually relented and said, well, he'll do it this coming Monday after spring break is over. So it's a, a mass, sort of a mess of uh, conflicting messages between states and cities and then individuals also making their own decisions, whether good or bad. You know, earlier this week, we talked to correspondent Reggie Cicchini, who was uh, telling us about in Texas, um, as early as I think it was Monday or Tuesday, really no restrictions in place whatsoever. We had some texters saying, well, they're restricting the size of rodeo crowds. Um, and that, that's a serious comment. Uh, that's what they were doing. And uh, there's uh, 29 million people making it the second most populous state in the union. Have you heard anything about Texas uh, upping their, uh, you know, um, I guess, uh, protective measures or that sort of thing? Yeah, I mean, it's been slow, and I would say that Texas has been slower than most states in that regard, which, again, uh, sort of speaks to the fact that there's not necessarily coordinated federal messaging coming out here. So states are really left to their own devices to figure this out. And politics are different in every single state, and Texas is a state that values uh, less government and more individual liberty, and that's where we are right now. It's interesting. You know, I think there are a lot of Canadians looking at what we're seeing media coverage-wise in the U.S. and just thinking how irresponsible it is. And, in fact, you know, a texter just texted in, to say calling yourself the greatest nation in the world doesn't make you the greatest nation in the world. Yeah, as I saw one commentator say, uh, American exceptionalism is not a vaccine. In other mm-hmm. words, uh, just thinking that you're great at everything is not going to solve this problem. And I think that's why many people are so shocked at the fact that the U.S., with its exceptional track record of being able to respond to things, has been so slow here. Uh, I, I guess the open question is, what was done with the four, six, or eight weeks when this was raging in China, when it was all but certain that it was a short-term containment, not a long-term containment, what steps were done to prepare back then and it seems as though very little was done despite authorities and experts begging for something to be done and I will point out that uh, there's a scandal brewing here in Washington today where senators back in February were given a classified briefing by top U.S. health officials about the impact this could have on the U.S. at least four of them sold off their stock portfolios worth millions of dollars and then came out and told the public that everything would just be fine and that is now coming to light that they uh, may have engaged in what's being called insider trading okay give us a, just a paint a picture for us we have about 30 seconds what it's like in washington dc right now as far as living can you get all your supplies get all your groceries is, is it um you know still a case of you getting the essentials with no issues uh, so far, yeah, things are very quiet. The stores have moved priority hours for seniors and people with medical conditions. A lot of them keeping, you know, soap and toilet paper behind the counter. Uh, but the, the shelves are a bit sparse, but they are being stocked. All right. Well, we're watching it south of the border. I know you are as well. Thanks for the update. Appreciate it, Jackson. Thanks. Have a great weekend. Thank you. You too. Stay safe out there. That, of course, is our Washington Bureau Chief for Global News, Jackson Prosco.
7.19 now, Calgary Zoo launching a new daily online series, the Calgary Zoo's Daily Dose. It features unique behind-the-scenes Calgary Zoo experiences since we are at this point unable to go and visit the zoo ourselves. So joining us with more details is the Director of Marketing, Communications and Sales at the Calgary Zoo, Alison Archambault. Hi, Alison. Good morning, Sue. How are you guys today? We're, we're hang, hanging in there like everybody else, and, and we thank you for doing what you're doing because you're, you're adding a little fun and uh, some animal loving into our lives right now. We are. We recognize that uh, lots of folks wish they were visiting the zoo. We wish they were visiting the zoo. The animals wish they were visiting the zoo. Um, but uh, in, in such challenging times, we wanted to uh, bring some joy and hope um, to where people were, um, as well as uh, a little bit of fun. Um, and, of course, lots of education because we're Calgary's biggest living uh, classroom. So mm-hmm. we uh, launched earlier this week. We have uh, features every day. One of them is a, a behind-the-scenes. So we've done some hippos. Um, our penguins have been out showing how much they love the snow. Yesterday we celebrated our Colobus monkey's first birthday with a snowman and some <laughs> enrichment. Um, and each one of these segments also includes a, um a- educational piece about the animals, the keepers, and uh, what the Carrie Zoo does with them. Um, and then there's an activity. So there was Savannah Math, um, and uh, that helps uh, our kiddos at home do some math that relates to the animals in the Savannah. Yesterday was find something that looks like a monkey tail in your house um, and do some exercises with us. And I won't give away the surprise today, but uh, it's loads of fun as well. Um, yes. And we'll be continuing this until um, folks get out of their homes and, and back into day-to-day life. So, Allison, you mentioned the new content coming out daily and all the time. So is it going to be saved kind of as a library on the website so people can pick and choose or maybe binge watch the zoo? <laughs> Binge watch zoo stuff. That would be amazing. Um, we're still working out the uh, online semantics of our website. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the meantime, people can check in on all of our online um, social channels and uh, they can find bits and pieces of it there. And if they want to binge watch it, they can uh, they can catch it through there. It's difficult with, you know, so many businesses closing, Allison. Is this a way to sort of keep the folks at the zoo busy and working despite the fact you're not open to the public at this point? Well, there's no shortage of uh, work to do at the zoo, whether we're open or closed. We have over a 1,000 animals that we love and care for there, um, as well as at the Devonian Wildlife Conservation Centre. So we're still providing exceptional care. If anything, our uh, animal care and vet teams are busier than usual um, because when visitors aren't there, there's um, more enrichment, more stimulation um, that uh, needs to be provided um, because some of our animals really enjoy having the visitors. Yeah. Um, some of our gorillas, um, we're noticing some differences in behaviors. They miss having the visitors around. Same thing with the penguins. Some of our animals, they're glad the visitors aren't there. They're enjoying <laughs> the peace and quiet, um, and they can enjoy it for uh, for as long as they have it. Uh, they certainly have lots of choices. But um, there's no there's no shortage of uh, work to ever be done at the zoo. I was chatting with some of our welders yesterday, and um, they miss the visitors, but they're moving through projects that uh, might not have had an opportunity to get done. Um, at this time of year so that the zoo is just in beautiful form uh, when we are able to welcome visitors back, which we hope is sooner rather than later. Well, thanks for your time this morning, Allison. We appreciate it. Thank you. Everybody can tune in to Daily Dose Daily in our online channel. You got it. Say hi to the animals for us. <laughs> Will do. Have a good day. You too. Allison Archambault is with the Calgary Zoo, Director of Marketing, Communications, and Sales.